0: What's up, listeners? We're back in Chicago again to talk with the vocalist Jim Howes of Oscar Bait. I've seen this band be classified as melodic hardcore, emo, pop punk, and all of those things still don't fully encompass the sound that they're doing. They're doing some very unique stuff. If you haven't heard them, thanks for listening, you know, coming to check out some new music. You will not regret it.
1: What's up, guys? It's Jim from Oscar Bait. This is Blitzer. And you're listening to not just a phase. I got a brand
2: new set of blisters, It's some lessons in my head. I'm getting the song to me, no road, I'll walk until the day I'm dead. I'll make good on a promise. We'll roll with that true road. We're we'll found on a mountain in 200, in the days before we spoke. Now you said, Same set of classes day to day. I'll go
0: Jim, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for talking with us today. How are you feeling? Oh, oh my gosh, I'm feeling
1: great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: <laughs> no, of course, man. Absolute pleasure. Uh, so I guess you've already stated your name. Um, for those who don't know, what role do you play in Oscar
1: Bait? So I'm uh, I'm just the singer. I'm the uh, yell into the mic and sometimes sing tunefully and uh, rip around on stage like a dumbass guy. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it is a it is a bit of both. I like how you do harsh vocals and singing as well. It's a, it's a good mix.
1: Yeah, you know the first the first record that I ever heard was Great Under the Radar, <laughs> and so I think that that's just like something that just left a permanent mark on me. And I've always wanted to be at the intersection of clean singing and shredded, uh, shredded vocals. So that's certainly a good precedent.
0: Yeah, I love the bouncing back and forth. It suits uh, the style well because the riffs are all over the place like I was trying to explain earlier. We'll, we'll get into that but uh, yeah I want to start off with, what, what's the band name about? I don't
1: normally ask but. So we we realistically I mean we thought that it might age better than it did and um, it was a moment we started at the end of 2015 um, and at that time uh, I don't know if you, you may remember a movie called The Revenant um, there were also a lot of uh, Eddie Redmayne vehicles Uh, that were coming out around that time there were a lot of movies that that could be classified as Oscar bait that is just movies that were being made explicitly for the for the purpose of netting an Oscar for um, the people involved and uh, and so we were just kind of like spitballing about names you know like and our whole our whole shtick with this is to really never take it too seriously and our guitarist, Zach, who's kind of like the creative maestro of the band musically was just like, how about Oscar bait? And I was just like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm stoked about it. Like it's definitely a catchy name. Um, it, it sounds, uh, it sounds a little too much like masturbate sometimes for my liking, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, it's still a, it's, it's a fun name. And I, I, I still like think that there are a lot of Oscar bait movies being made. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a vernacular term still, I suppose.
0: am I the only idiot to ask you guys this? am I like does everyone else get it, and I just didn't
1: no no it's it's not it it is not a thing that uh that is not esoteric like it's definitely something that we have to explain. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. it's a cool name now that I got the definition i'm I'm happy about that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I gotta ask, how did you decide on being a vocalist like did you decide or is it because often people don't want to sing? No one else wanted to. So you just like, you got forced into the role.
1: No, man. So like, I literally wanted to be a vocalist. And it's like, it's like one of the things that this starting this band was predicated on. Honestly, like I've always been a drummer. Like I've been a drummer for 28 years. And I, um, interesting. Typically, if you're a drummer, you're in high demand and you always end up playing drums in all the fucking bands that you're in. Oh, like um, seven minimum. But, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and that's always what I'd done in the past. And I know that the drummer to vocalist pipeline is very real. We see it demonstrated in the real world all the time with, you know, Brendan Yates and Sammy C, all those guys. So it's, I was just like, okay, well, this is, this is something that I want to try out. And um, Brandon, uh, our drummer, he and I would, uh, he and I have a rich history of, you know, getting together on Saturday mornings and yelling at each other. Over sandwiches, and I was just like, "Hey, you want to you want to do a band? Because you play drums, and you're a better drummer than me." And it just kind of all went from there. So yeah, I elected to be a vocalist, which I know is crazy.
0: That is crazy. I've always said that the craziest people within bands are always the vocalist and the drummer. So you're a whoo, you're a double whammy,
1: double double whammy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like I'm I'm annoying, but. I'm annoying, but fun. I guess is the the only way to describe me with any good faith. Damn,
0: I'd say the same about myself. So that's uh, actually, I think a lot of people would say the same about me that know me personally. So that's cool.
1: So. It's, it's a lovely, it's a lovely way to be. I'm a bit biased, but what, what, can, what can we say?
0: <laughs> so you got the what's some of your favorite punk vocalists?
1: Oh man, that's I, I gotta. I, I think that number one, and this is going to be like completely unsurprising, is, is Pat Flynn, right? Like Have Heart, Fiddlehead all the other projects he's done, uh, Wolf Whistle, Sweet Jesus, done a thousand things. And I think that not only is he a great vocalist and a great frontman, but just like a totally righteous dude. Um, I really like Daryl uh, Tversky from Snapcase. Uh, he was like a major influence. Kyle Bishop from Grade, obviously. Um, I There's this band called Open City that's like Dan Eamon's newest project. And the, their vocalist is a lady named Rachel Rubino. And she does like, she sounds like Kim Gordon on steroids, kind of like totally badass. Um, I really like Haley Williams, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I of course um, like uh, Dimitri Minakakis, the original uh, Dillinger vocalist. I think he's, the, I think he's the best to have ever done it, personally.
0: Nice, nice. Do you do you get compared to any specific vocalists in punk rock a lot?
1: I think I get and I don't know like I I've I've been told that I sound like a mix of Tim Armstrong and Ian McKay. Um I think that the that the easier comparisons tend to be like Chris Wallard or uh, you know, Vinny, Vinny C. Um, those are the people that also obviously Pat Pat Kay from Drug Church and Self Defense, like that the the shouty thing is definitely like akin to him and and inspired by him i, I won't lie
0: yeah eh? yeah do you say that's like your main inspiration or
1: i would say that it's up there i mean like we were um we started when drug church was really on its ascendancy and i mean we have the same producer as drug church and like all this all of this oh, other cool. stuff so i would say that they're 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 near neighbors to us sonically and definitely serve as continual inspiration they they do the like um hardcore adjacent pop music thing really well right. probably a best in best in class example of that so
0: it, it's good that you said that because i wanted to ask like um since you sent me all your press i've been doing all the reading and everything that's been written about you <laughs> emo melodic hardcore pop punk i'm like these everyone's writing different genres for you guys what, what do you guys classify yourself as because it is such a unique blend of of all those things i think but i want to hear like what do you guys consider it right
1: yeah and i you know i'm I'm a descriptivist, so I'm just, I'm just going to let people call whatever, call us whatever the fuck they want, because ultimately, like, what, what people hear is, is valid, always, so, like, we're definitely, legibly, anything from hardcore all the way to pop punk, um, I always just go straight to the jugular and just classify us as emotional hardcore, because, like, that's the, that's the, the precedent that we started under, like, right, we wanted to, like, we started the band ultimately wanting to sound like a, like a beefed up Rev Summer band, I always appreciate when stuff from the '80s gets gets kind of teleported into the current day with like better production value. And so, like our entire our entire intention out of the gate, like Zach and I are both huge Rev Summer heads, and so like we wanted to be like a first wave, like right to spring Dag Nasty embrace style DC Rev Summer band with um, just better better production and obviously some other stuff got mixed in along the way but um, yeah emotional hardcore.
0: (laughs) yeah no makes sense to me makes sense to me it's just that it's a it's a unique sound like I've seen you guys compared to fucking Hot Water, uh, a thousand other bands that and all the bands that you've been compared to sound like nothing alike each other
1: yeah (laughs) so like it's It's a good thing right? Definitely, um, Chic is also like that. I mean, we're gonna probably talk more about influences, but there's like such a massive amount of Chic influence. Like they are, I band. think that I think that so many so many bands. I think that they're like the, the tent party band, right? Everybody loves Chic, from I've, I've across all different sort of punk subcultures. Um, they're like, I just think the best band around doing like the the gruff vocals, spot bug. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone who doesn't like Chic. Yeah,
1: they're like I the most likable band ever yeah,
0: I wouldn't trust someone who didn't like them I'd...
1: same <laughs> yeah no way
0: that's
2: why I would not be caught in love or dead with this cliches around my tongue but here you are now it's time to get on there what people know you will become so let's not threaten, let the truth destroy our lives Yeah
0: like uh, I always like asking uh, did you check out the show before agreeing to come talk with us today or were you just down? yeah to chat?
1: no yeah absolutely because I was just always like oh man I was I'm always curious I'm a, I'm a big music podcast enthusiast right so like whenever a new one crosses my radar I'm always like hell yeah and I get really into it so I like I sort of reached for reach for household names like I checked they checked out the episode with Joey from Koyo and I checked out the snag episode because they're they're homies of ours so oh, no way uh, yeah, I mean, like, homies-ish, like, as in, like, I've had an Instagram DM going with them for two <laughs> years, because we've been, we've been trying to put together a show uh, oh, together no for two fucking years, and we almost landed it, and then the pandemic hit, so we're oh. uh, slowly trying again now. But yeah, Chicago and Milwaukee are kind of like, they're kind of like the same city. Uh, like I think that Milwaukee has really dope shit going on, like what with like all the bands there and like X Ray Arcade. But there's there's a lot of overlap between the Chicago and Milwaukee scenes. So
0: I did not know that. Uh, big shout yeah. out to Snag. I'm a huge fan as well.
1: Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> they're fucking, I love the what. Whatever, Screamo is Screamo is the absolute hottest shit right now. Uh, <laughs> there's so much happening right now, and Snag is at kind of the at the masthead of it. I would say i would have to agree with that as well they're they're uh
0: i, I don't know when when Scream was going to become unpopular again i think it's in a bubble right now it tends to do that uh, yeah. give it another year no one will give a shit anymore but uh, <laughs> maybe yeah, i don't know, know. yeah maybe, who knows? maybe. I, I who that, you know i think that
1: we're sort of in unprecedented times i think with like the how how the popularity of stuff kind of half Lives right now because they were just like in such a n- new territory in terms of media cycles and stuff so i'm curious to see how that evolves
0: yeah, I'd have to agree as well. Underground music in general is uh, is on the rise steadily. Um, yeah, I always like asking too, like, how did you first get into punk rock or underground music genres?
1: Man, that's a that's a great question because I feel like um, I, I I was born in 1989, and I feel like everybody in sort of my immediate immediate age blast zone has the similar answer, which is the fucking Tony Hawk games right yeah. like um so that was a huge part of things i would say that that lit the fuse i would say that like when i got the first two tony Hawk games i was like oh shit this is a whole new world of stuff and i had been you know watching a lot of mtv and at that point there was a decent amount of sort of the shined up version of the kinds of music we listen to on mtv and trl and stuff um but i'd say i would say that, like the doors off moment was um i was a BMX kid back in the day. And I, when I started getting BMX videos and hearing the soundtracks on those, those are like the soundtracks on those videos are like straight up, just the kind of music we listened to. So it was like, it was a, a haul of two videos. I found out about grade and hot water music and cave in, uh, and super chunk and just like the list goes on. So that was really just my like huge awakening. And that was, um, sort of like 01 to 02. Um, I think March of 02 I can always kind of consider the watershed moment for me like finding out a bunch of finding out about a bunch of stuff and it's it's been the same ever since so.
0: Yeah right on. Uh, yeah fuck Tony Hawk gets mentioned fuck nine out of ten times when I asked that question. I'm starting to think like honestly I think Tony Hawk did more for punk rock than like most punk bands ever could.
1: yeah no absolutely no absolutely and that's like that's growing consensus around that right like i think that just like i don't think that we have i don't think that like alternative guitar music has the same level of mass appeal as it does i don't think it has anywhere near the same mass appeal as it does if it hadn't been for those games sort of putting it over
0: yeah completely agree um so you mentioned like uh Milwaukee and Chicago is kind of like a shared scene what is the the local scene like in your area like is there a good amount of bands and
1: yeah you know I would say so I I uh, I'm gonna be probably a little long winded about this because I I split my time we are kind of a, a distributed band now I like like Zach and I both but live, uh, Zach lives in in Ohio I live in Ohio part-time in Chicago part-time I've like split my time between Toledo and Chicago um, that's just the way my life works right now um that being said like chicago bands right now yeah no i i think that it's a unique uh situation because there was sort of a mass extinction that happened around the time um we became a band <laughs> like I, I would say that like 2012 through 2015 were like a huge peak time for like pop punk in chicago and there was like a, a ridiculously vibrant scene and um we sort of came in at the tail end of that and sort of bought the dip, so to speak. Uh, that that being said, there are like a ton of bands around, like that are you know loosely under the pop punk tent that we fuck with hard, like Two Houses, Kali Massey Nora Marks, Jeff Schaller and the Long Way Home, Lights Over Bridgeport, Sincere Engineer, Blind Adam, um, and obviously there's a ton of heavier stuff um, happening in Chicago as well. But like as far as like the sort of pop-punk and pop-punk adjacent stuff um, that's happening in Chicago. Those are the bands. I would say that uh, the Toledo scene is is really cracking right now. And it's like a really fun spot to be. Um, there's like something for everybody and something, it's sort of like a microcosm of hardcore uh, in general right now. And that there's like, there's something for everybody and there's something good for everybody. Right. And so like, Faves in Toledo are like shitty neighbors. Um, take weight, house tours, um and then on like the heavier end, there's bands like Bone Folder and Withdrawn, and just like and Humid. There, there's a band called Humid that, that, that like they're like 23 year old kids playing like Dead Guy. It's fucking crazy. So that's cool. Really, really cool time to be in like the Rust Belt part of the country, and sort of one of the reasons I kind of live and place myself the way that i do is to trying to slowly kind of build some scene unity across the region right like I, I would love it if you know there were there are bands uh consistently you know leapfrogging indiana to play in each other's states and scenes like i think the more of that we have the better um also huge shout out to uh family medicine and cult season down at st louis they're they're bands that we just adore um and we've shared the stage with them multiple times and they're homies of ours and I just think that like um, just an enduring engine of of amazing stuff um, and uh, always nice to have another band that does the, the shouty drug churchy vocals and family medicine definitely falls into that category so check them out.
0: Dan that's a huge list of bands I will definitely be looking into that's very cool. So while we're on the Chicago area what's the touristy thing to do there and it does it really look as dumpy as it looks in the the show Shameless?
1: Yo that's I mean that's a great <laughs> that's a great question right like I think that um, Chicago much like any kind of major city really is a choose-your-own-adventure right like the, the the cool thing the, the thing that I find myself saying continuously about Chicago I've, I've accumulated almost a decade of living there on and off now and uh, the touristy stuff still goes hard. like the touristy stuff is still fun as hell, right Like I think that like number one thing as a tourist that you can do there is, is go to Millennium Park and see the, the crazy shiny bean. Um, just be and just Millennium Park in general is such a beautiful build out. like it's great. It's almost impossible for it to like feel crowded because how big it is. Um, going up in the big buildings see the, the Willis Tower always going to be the Sears Tower to any Midwesterner (laughs) and the Hancock. Like they both have like beautiful view decks that you can just go up into and have a great time looking at the city. Uh, (laughs) The touristy stuff in Chicago is great, man. Getting a, getting a deep dish pizza or an Italian beef. Like those things are phenomenal. Like they're, they're objectively good. Um, And I, there are a lot of parts of the city that look like shit. There's a, there's no no question about it. Particularly like all <laughs> all the area all the areas where people like us live, like I, like the neighborhoods on the fucking northwest and southwest sides, like it's they all look like shit. Um, that being said, like a, a lot of the neighborhoods, particularly like Pilsen and Little Village on the southwest side, have like a ton of character to them, right? Like there's, um, like they're like historically Latino neighborhoods, and there's like those building traditions and stuff. So like any major city, like yeah, there's hella dumpy parts of it, and I would say Shameless probably plays that up. Um, it just depends. It depends on where you go. There, there are neighborhoods in the city that feel like um, totally idyllic, and you, like you can hear crickets. So it just depends on depends on where you go.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I imagine they played it up for the, uh, you know, for the drama and the storyline of their characters, right? But uh... yeah, I would say. Okay, so new album, EP, I guess. Uh, Everything Louder Than Everything Else was released October first on Little Elephant Records. Yeah, how did you guys record this album?
1: So we recorded this at the beautiful uh, Savaria Studios in, in Brooklyn, New York. Um, basically a year ago, uh, it was like a year ago next week. We went out there mid-pandemic, precautions heavy. We almost like we like were on the precipice of not being able to do it like five different times. But um, luckily enough, I, I had been talking to, to John, John Markson, the, the uh, engineer owner operator there for uh, a long time. John, if you don't know, he's, he's worked on a ton of heavy hitting stuff that he does all the drug church and self-defense family stuff. He uh, recently produced that um that soul blind ep that's cracking off right now um and he's just like he's been just a homie for years because he plays bass and taking meds and such gold and those have both been just like not only massively influential bands to us but also deep homies so i've been talking to him for years about getting in there and doing a record and we were lucky enough to have booked time like a month before the pandemic hit so we are just like, okay, well, we're in under the door. We're grandfathered into whatever happens. So we kept in touch and made sure all of our, you know, T's were crossed and I's dotted. And we got in there and did it. And it was a, a really fun time, as, as fun a time as you can have in the middle of a global, <laughs> global pandemic, making a record in, in, in New York City. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of logistics involved, but we, we had a, an awesome time was an important uh important uh moment for us as a band for sure
0: so uh physical copies are out uh, on little elephant
1: Still yes some left. so uh yep uh- yep little um and you know check out all their other stuff Ellie has been building like a a crazy catalog of you know stuff that ranges from you know every every sort of weird corner of uh punk and punk adjacent stuff they've got some screamo they've got some folk punk uh they've got a band called american fail that has some really big names in it so yeah check them out they're great they're they're a toledo based label and they're homies ours so really uh really love it they've been they've been in the game for a while they they really like totally blew the doors off like live sessions a few years back and like gained a ton of traction doing that and i hope that in the post-pandemic era that they're able to start doing that uh, consistently again because it was a really fun thing.
2: One one be much off,
0: did you said this was like (laughs) a bit of a hassle to record obviously there was restrictions and all that and this was recorded over a year ago so it was a pretty short release with a lot of notes and and emotions packed in there like are you guys writing new material now or do you have any that's unreleased because you said it's been about a year right so yeah
1: so we're in the I mean we're in the process Um, again being a band that is distributed as we are you know like we we try to get together and practice and write maybe once a month if we're lucky once every once every four to eight weeks for sure um it's we're, we're like far far from you know being a a band that is like extremely on on the grind right like i we're, we're i think here for a here for a long time more than anything else like we're excited to um all be roughly the same level of of stoked on just continuing to write stuff and make records for the long haul and play shows when, when we can where we can. So, uh the short answer is that we're we're working on writing some new stuff. Um nothing nothing that I would uh classify as finished enough to consider unreleased <laughs> new material but but we're we're working on new stuff. We're hoping that we're going to be able to have a uh, probably we're hoping to record something by the end of 2022 that's like an ideal world that's what would happen but we'll see what happens
0: <laughs> in an ideal world yeah yeah i i know how it is like you know i'm 30 now and getting people together for any reason is crazy especially if you guys are all in different locations like
1: yeah our rhythm section is still based in chicago and you know i spent i spend like roughly a third to half of my time out there so it's it's easy enough to to circle the wagons when we can but it's still not it's not like you know we're all in our early 20s and able to get together multiple times a week and grind stuff out um, it's just uh it's not it's not where we're at in life and that is what it is yeah,
0: yeah for sure uh shows are coming back though kind of or mm-hmm. slowly at least uh out there in the states it's a little different here in canada um, we have a lot of like mandatory double backs and mask entrance and stuff like that yeah um, which is out there too but not not as heavily as, as we 're got as we have going on here, anyways, my point was shows are coming back. Are you guys having anything booked or planned yet
1: yeah we, I mean, we just played a super lit show like a couple weeks ago in Chicago at the the subterranean with a bunch of great bands from um, we played with like the Dopamines and The Eradicator, which are a super sick hardcore band from uh, Milwaukee, uh, and then it was the Blind Adam. Uh, record release show they're like an alt country band that i mentioned earlier that are part of the scene we're from um super lit like a lot of that was riot fest weekend so a lot of people were around just like having a great time and that really felt like a throwback to the nice. the era uh, a few years back that really kind of popped us um we are currently in the process of booking a release show um Probably in collaboration with soothsayer Hot Sauce, who are homies of ours. I can check them out too. This is like me just plugging a bunch of stuff, but that's one of the things these things are good for. Yeah, no, keep them coming.
0: Um, <laughs> keep them. Yeah, coming. Check uh,
1: them yeah. yeah soothsayer is a great, great company. They're Chicago-based, uh, one one-man show, um, and they have done like an absolutely. They they have been, I would say, if there's any one a player in our scene over the last five years, it's been it's been Sayer. Like they they put on a ton of shows they do a ton of great charity work and so we're gonna we're gonna do some sort of collab with them for the record release and a bunch of great local bands hopefully um some sort of uh benefit show uh hopefully in january or february that's what we're gunning for um and we just kind of we just kind of do shows uh ad hoc like that you know ideally you know quarterly um we're gonna play some shows regionally to like ideally we we you know get do a show in milwaukee do a show at cleveland maybe do another show at st louis um feel free to come some... to canada yeah yeah no i really <laughs> I, like i i love i am like an extraordinarily i bet i'm super stoked to be on this pod because like i'm like a canadian supremacist <laughs> i think that like canada, oh, what? oh i just know i just love canada so much man okay. i like so <laughs> so much of the uh uh yeah so yeah for legal purposes that was a joke. Um <laughs> no uh I I love like so much of the culture I consume is from from Canada and um I would love to get up there once the border situation gets unfucked and you know yeah. play some shows and and explore a little bit. Uh it's uh, a wonderful place from everything that I hear.
0: <laughs> you haven't been uh over the border or what? Uh, no i I,
1: yeah just once or twice but never like at at length right Right, like i I never have have done any any substantial exploring i mean like i I i've like canadian pop culture has always been important to me like i mean one of the fucking songs on the record is like a song about the movie strange brew so like that's (laughs) all just all very close to the heart i mean like my 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 family is from the north side of Detroit, and that's basically Canada. <laughs> like, so Ooh,
0: it's... depends who you ask.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, they certainly act Canadian enough. So, um, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, that's actually a great segue because I was going to ask um, about the lyrical content on this album. All the songs being uh, a little bit different in theme. What What do you think is the most personal song that you wrote on this album?
1: yeah that's that's an amazing question i i think that they're all personal to me in like varying degrees right and i sort of i've sort of approached it that way like each song is sort of a an order of removal from like personal to me that being said the, the most personal is definitely cheap sunglasses like that's the most emotional song it is the most legibly emo song and it has the most sort of uh Confessional and personal subject matter, um, because it's just a—it's a song about how when people you love self-immolate, you also get burned, <laughs> right? Like that's totally a thing that happens when you let chaotic people into your life, and oftentimes we don't have a choice. So, wow! All right, let's play it.
2: Dragged into daylight by the air, I knew you another life. What made you great was higher now Different ways to know you're right, and make excuses just in time. Convince your badly, you were fine. get you built up on the side a bigger picture, when you tried to make it last, to beat the house, to leave a scar. The kitchen counter.
0: shows being back what band haven't you played with yet that you'd love to share the stage with realistic and unrealistic is fine
1: yeah i i've got an answer for for each um i would say realistic um i would love to i'd love to play a band with the the homies and um man that's <laughs> very tough i i i, I want to say that i want to play a ba- a show with gordon brace they're a uh they're a death metal band from chicago that i actually i i know the the dude from from that band through the toledo scene because there's like a weird amount of connection in heavy heavy music between uh, toledo and chicago which i think is dope and like i'm all about just like way more kind of one scene unity style shows with like super mixed bills happening. So I'd say like, in terms of like the, the scope of homies, it'd be sick to play a show with Gordon Bryce at some point. Um, as far as like pie in the sky, pipe dream stuff, like it goes without saying that I'd love to play a show with fiddlehead. Like they're, they're like, they're my favorite bands. They're, they're probably my favorite band of all time at this point. Um, super influential on what we're doing and a clearly a best in class band in terms of like current day, emotional, hardcore. Like, and I think that they have the same level of uh, devotion to the, the Rev Summer sound that we do. And they probably execute way better uh, on it than us, if we're being honest, but no, I love, I love Fiddlehead a lot. I love Pat And I would, I'd love to play with them if I ever got the chance to be really, very cool.
0: Yeah, no one should ever compare what they're doing to Fiddlehead. They're just
1: no, <laughs> no. Fiddlehead game. is in a league of their own. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uncomparable to anyone. Fucking phenomenal. Absolutely. Man. Who Who do you think um, you'd do well with, like, as a guest vocal spot? If someone asked you to come, like, do a couple vocals on their track, where do you think you'd fit well?
1: Oh man, that's that's a that's a wonderful one. I I I know that you asked uh you asked Joey from Korea this too.
0: Yeah, it's a new question I would, for me. I'm yeah, no, that. I.
1: I love it. Um, as far as as bands that are going right now, um, man, I would, I would honestly love to do guest vocals on, like a rule them all. Um, like I, I love, I love the specific flavor of what they're doing. Like, I like that they are like in a pocket of melodic hardcore that nobody else is doing and i think that that like my my vocals would sit well in the mix of <laughs> of, of uh, a song of theirs uh, i'm excited to to hear more from them uh because uh, man i just i think that they're so fucking cool so like either them or like restraining order right like just because i think that restraining order are like so so fun and upbeat and like i love i love like the again like the they're just being very transparent about how they're just a huge one of a huge rub of what they're doing is just like doing tribute to 1982 stuff and just really leaning in on that that sort of fun high energy sound that existed back then so yeah um any of those two bands as far as like stuff that is that would probably never happen seems like it would be fun.
0: Yeah that's why I'm starting to say like realistic and unrealistic when I when I'm asking questions right?
1: Yeah realistic I just want to do fucking some guest vocals on a family medicine record so I I, but I have I literally have Jonathan's number so I could just always be like hey yeah.
0: Yeah, That would be cool that'd be very cool to hear yeah I'm always I'm gonna start asking that who would do vocal collabs because I think that's a cool thing to ask Cool thing to fantasize ponder about that sort of thing and I I love guest vocal spots when they're done when they're done
1: well yeah when they're done well they're like one of the coolest things right like it can really make a a record or a song really pop off in a unique way
0: especially if it's like a band you play with a lot you can do it live and stuff it's always cool to see it right absolutely Um, if you could see one band do a reunion show who would it be and why?
1: Oh man, just the original lineup Dillinger. Like I mentioned earlier about like Dillinger I, 4, you know, I'm assuming. Yeah. No, 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 Dillinger Escape Plan. Okay.
0: Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah, Dill- Dillinger ask.
1: Yeah, no, for for sure. Yeah, no, Dillinger 4 um obviously sounds way more like the, the music that I play and I absolutely fucking adore Dillinger 4, right? Like they're like, they're like they're like objectively the greatest punk band there ever was, but right, uh, right. I re- I really I really love uh, Dillinger Escape Plan particularly early Dillinger with Dimitri. And Calculating Infinity is my favorite album of all time. So, oh, like, God. game uh, changer. Seeing, yeah. So seeing, uh, seeing, being able to like take a time machine back to 2001 um, and see like one of those last Dimitri shows would would be just like fucking super cool. Or if they somehow did that reunion lineup with like Dimitri, Chris Penny, and all the OG guys, um, that would be fun. I don't think that's ever going to happen because that band has like a philosophical stance against ever reuniting, but hey, one can dream.
0: Yeah. I find the best part about uh, calculating infinity, like, I think I was shown it when I was like 12. I was young. I was really young and it blew my mind and it still fucking blows my mind at 30.
1: It's yeah, still no, just as
0: impressive. Like,
1: yeah. There's fucking nothing that's ever been made that even sounds remotely like it. Like it is... And I think that it's so much of it came down to just the process of the way Ben Weinman and Chris Penny wrote songs together. Like it was just so unhinged and so from the hip. And that just you can hear that raw energy on that record, and I just think it's
2: perfect. There's a in my back when the used to The buggers that they have
0: Rhythm section who do you guys consider are actually sonically influencing the sound of oscar bait who do you think that would be because it's like like obviously no one tries to write like anyone else i get that but you know what i mean like you guys get compared to a lot of different bands that don't the bands that you get compared to don't even sound like each other
1: no yeah so so it's like it's weird right i i think that so our, our rhythm section i would say that they're of any two people in the band they're like nick and brandon are the two nearest neighbors to each other in terms of like their musical diet um and those guys are like heavy in the sort of like faster melodic punk zone like i would say that obviously the iron chic and ladderman influence is like massive there and i would also say that that brandon our drummer draws like a lot from like such gold and Wilhelm scream like really really fast technical punk and like probably by proxy kind of propaganda as well. So I would say that our like our rhythm section is like extremely sort of fast punk pilled uh, in terms of their their musical diet and their influences, which I think has it has pretty cool yields on the band because we can we can play like fast tight stuff, which I think is like an an X factor for us. Like I think that it's impossible to undersell how important brandon in particular is to like the way that the band hangs together because like having a huge having a like a legitimately good drummer is such a fucking life hack because you can just (laughs) it just it just elevates your music um and makes writing good songs so much easier and so now shout out to the rhythm section they're really like Uh, it's it's an exceptional rhythm section and we wouldn't be half the band we are without without them they're just they're also just like really great dudes so
0: yeah they're doing they're doing some chord progressions and, and notes in general that don't sound like all like they don't sound like a lot of bands who are doing melodic hardcore pop punk emotional hardcore whatever you guys are gonna whatever umbrella you get thrown in and that's the thing is because there's there's three different umbrellas where, where you're getting classified as because the guitar work is so unique, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think that, on the, you know, on the guitar side, obviously, like, again, I talked about this earlier, but Rev Summer, or, like, original first wave emo is, like, the biggest influence. And um, Zach also, like, listens to a lot of... Uh, he doesn't actually listen to that much guitar music. He listens to, like, a lot of hip-hop and EDM. Um, and he also like when he listens to guitar music often reaches for post-punk which i think like has interesting influences on the kinds of just the way that he approaches the craft and thinks about it um yeah so i think that the, like that that yields a lot of interesting stuff
2: you got some Brought the outside, washed my teeth, burned down the house. I lost the coastline more than I, I can not tell you. And every time I have that single dream, I always wake you. My eyes are clear, can't make sense of what just came up. Out the window, back to bed, my mind is made up. So,
0: you're mentioning uh, some of the stuff the rhythm section listens to. Uh, my personal favorite question I like asking near the end is, what music do you listen to? <laughs> I see you smiling already. What do you listen to that could be considered a guilty pleasure to some? Uh, either a little shameful or cringy by either yourself or others.
1: I mean, I have, like, for the in, pretty much the entire time um, good weather or bad been, like, a, like I've like, been riding hard for, for new Metal. And I'm like ecstatic to see that <laughs> see that new metal is having the moment it's having. And I, I particularly, I, I, I particularly love Limp Bizkit. And I, I have, say, yeah. uh, I, when I saw them in 2013, my buddy got us backstage passes and I like, actually got to hang out and drink warm beer with Limp biscuit which is pretty cool. Uh, nicest dudes in the world. It was just like a, you know, fucking backstage things are always weird. I don't know how warm it actually was, but it, it was, uh, wasn't notable yeah it was was not not terribly cold uh not bracing uh but i actually have a i have a limp biscuit tattoo it says live laugh limp biscuit
0: i saw you post this on instagram i didn't know it was real that's you know
1: it's it's very real um so like that's that's how deep my love for limp biscuit goes uh i also it's gonna be a little hard to show, but I have a. I also have like a Saint Anger tattoo because I love that oh, album. No
2: way. Uh, oh, so, no. <laughs> I'm not
1: yeah, trying. I like a. I like I'm a not- lot of
2: bull.
1: I like a lot of bullshit music, is what it comes down to. But um, I'm not trying to bully you, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I
0: got. Hey, I actually I love Limp Bizkit. The Saint Anger thing that that caught me off guard. It's,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, because I like I I actually I mean I I love I love a weird snare. Um, it is and uh, stuff, that's dude. it's just the, the logical extreme. Like, I obviously I love that that Snapcase record that has the crazy snare. I yeah. think that 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 Turnstile nonstop feeling has like really unique snare production. Yep. That's kind of one of the things that put that album on the map, I think. And transitively, that band. Um, so I love, I love a good I love a good weird snare. <laughs> dude, have you heard the new Limp Bizkit track? Yeah, dude, it's fucking dope.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's so sweet.
1: <laughs> it's so catchy it's so
0: bad it's so bad it's so good but like objectively objectively bad. Uh, music is all subjective
1: absolutely but (laughs) okay occasionally things are objectively good and you know that's 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 a band like fiddlehead right it's yeah it's hard to come by and rare
0: yes for sure for sure um (laughs) shit what was i gonna ask now uh caught me off guard man saint anger (laughs) Yeah, did not expect that. Um, all right, I'll cut that in between. Uh, so, like, what's uh, what's new? What's coming up for the band this year? Um, hopefully, a couple Man. shows. Anything you can? Yeah, add
1: a couple two three shows. We don't have anything. Uh, we don't have anything that's like far along enough to announce it yet. But ideally. I would say ideally we will play between four and seven shows uh, and, and hopefully record a four to a four to five song EP by the end <laughs> of the year. That's, that's ideal, ideal world situation. Um, that's, you know, if, if all of us started in line, those are the outcomes that we're, we're gunning for, right? Like um, far, again, far, a far cry from, you know, a, a band like, Koyo um, who is you know going out on the road and playing all these insane shows and we're all we're all old and um, like as of December we're all going to be in our 30s and we're just like in a Gross. in a spot I yeah, know it's disgusting um, <laughs> and we have no fucking business doing this shit but here we are um, and, and so like we're, we know our place in the world we know that like uh, extensive touring unless you know by the grace of God we get taken out by somebody in a sort of cushier situation we're just like we're too old and creaky to do the you know grinding it out in a van for six weeks at a time playing to um playing to 30 people a night thing like that's a young man's game and we don't want to we don't want to we literally don't want to crowd that arena because it's cringe and like we would rather just we would rather just you know be comfortable in our place in the world and uh, be a band that just sort of shows up and disappears uh and it's, it's really fun, like, once you just have consensus on that and become aware of, like, that's your fucking place in the world. It's really, really fun seeing what you can do. And, like, that being said, like, it's, I'm really happy with uh, the reception that our, our record has gotten so far, considering that, like, we're a band that has never fucking toured and probably will never fucking tour. <laughs> it's uh, – you, you have to tour to get popular. <laughs> And so, any level of any level of uh, celebration at all—if you're a band that hasn't toured—is super dope.
0: Yeah, I wanted to say that. uh, You know, I named this this podcast not just a phase for the joke that I'm 30 and I'm still into punk rock and shit. Yeah. But all jokes aside, this shit is work, especially as you get older. Like, dude, being a band to do music in general—you
1: know—I wish. Yeah, I wish somebody would have told me uh, when I was younger, like. So I've got to brace myself a little more. It's like, you can keep, you never have to grow up. You can keep doing fun shit forever, but even fun shit becomes massively harder work the older you get. And like, my my life is now this hilarious joke where like, I have to have a relatively high effort life all the time in order to do all the fun, dope shit that I do. And it's, that is what it is, right? It's like, it's fun as hell and I, I want to keep doing it. Uh, but yeah, no, very much... I, I'm hearing you there. It's it's very hard work.
0: Be careful, kids. You might find yourself a washed up punk at 30 hosting a fucking podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you I don't even like podcasts, so I
0: gotta ask you, what do you listen to? Because you said you were big into podcasts.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great question. I actually I I do a podcast about um it's it's broadly about adult swim. Um two two of my best buddies from high school and I um and guys I've been friends with for like 20 years um, we're currently since it's 2021 focusing on C-Lab 2021 so um, it's called Check Under the Sea if you want to check that out but as far as podcasts I listen to which is like the mo- more important and the thing you actually asked about uh, I love Axe to Grind because it's just like the easiest way to get ESPN caliber, Bill Simmons caliber commentary on what's happening in hardcore right now which I think Agreed. is super cool
2: yeah.
1: uh, past and present uh, I really like Forum of Passion. I think that, like, Ace does a wonderful job um, interviewing really luminary people from from Hardcore. I love Yeah, But Still. Um, I'm not... Um, I think that they, like, hit a perfect sweet spot of the, the flavor of comedy that I like, and I, I think that Jack Wagner is, like, low-key, one of the most important people culturally from our generation, and so I love that he's continuing to make an impact through that podcast and Uh, A few other things here and there. Jeremy Bohm's podcast is really fun. The one that he does where he like talks to people about their sort of first experiences and counterculture. Those are sort of the heavy hitters. If I, if I had to name them Um, mass for shut-ins is also really cool podcast. that's sort of like oddball political history. Um, Very, very good. uh, Old and good friend of the band. uh, Ed Bermilla does that. Um, Yeah. Those are the pods that I, listen to on a a regular basis.
0: And uh, one last question. You're talking about um, people's first experiences with counterculture. What's your favorite memory of a show either you've played or seen?
1: I think that it's really, really funny because I think that literally both of those, like, I, I think that I, I can cite from the last month of my life, three of those those memories like i don't want to i don't want to have too much of a bias towards recent history because i know it's like a really obvious trap to fall into but that show that we just played that i talked about was like so lit and fun and fucking joyful and so well received um and i just think that like it's amazing to be in our 30s and still just being able to play a show kind of just out of nowhere um, after a, a pandemic has decimated everything for two years, like that is super cool, and I think that like a lot of people were tangibly happy about that. Um, honestly, the I saw the two of the best shows I've ever seen um, just this last week because on Saturday I went and saw Slipknot for the first time, I'm, I'm fucking 32 and fucking thirty two, and just way. seeing Slipknot for the first time—it's like it, it is nothing. It is nothing short of the most amazing live music experience you can. Uh, you can Drumming. fucking, um, I, it's Jay Weinberg, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, which he's been, he's been with the band for a hot minute now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Joey had, had uh, left the band a while ago, but I mean, it's just remarkable. Like I encourage everybody as far as like big stuff. Cause I hate a fucking big show. Like miss me with that shit every goddamn day of my life. Um, I hate anything above like 500 cap. Um, but Slipknot I'll make an exception for because they're fucking amazing. Uh, and like truly a live spectacle, the level at which they perform guys that are all almost 50. Like it's remarkable. Um, Corey Taylor is like such an insanely good front man. He's so fucking talented. I can't deal with it. Uh, and then like a couple days later, I, I sort of on the other side of the corner, I went and saw quicksand and they're like, they're, they just have like the craziest fucking energy and charisma on stage, like for being like a guitar band and, you know, kind of like a musician's band. um, Walter Schreifels is just like a a fucking walking deity and has just like such great energy about him. And the fact that they have like Steve Bradsky from Cave In in the band now and Walter and Sergio, it's like very clear that they've been playing together for 30 plus years and just have this vibe. That was like an unexpectedly like, like I obviously quicksand are legendary and seeing them live is always going to be a cool experience, but I wasn't expecting it to be as captivating uh, as it was. Only other thing is uh I don't know, like back in 06, I skipped prom to go to fucking see Thursday when they were like Peak Thursday and that That's was really badass. fun. Yeah, it was like Thursday and Me Without You. It was like when Me Without You were the hardest working band in the biz and we're on every touring bill. What was so, uh
0: what was Thursday playing at that time? What was the album?
1: They were out uh they were out on that City by the Light Divided uh record, but they they were they were playing all the hits. They were playing all the full collapse and were all the time shit. So God, yeah, we're all the time. So perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got to apologize. I, I completely forgot that Joey was not actually in Slipknot, but he did just recently pass away. So, yeah, RIP to one of the most influential drummers in heavy music and metal in general.
1: Yeah. RIP King. Yeah, just absolutely legendary. No kidding.
0: Um, all right. Well, I usually wrap it up. Uh, you know, any last plugs, causes, shout outs, anything you want to talk about at all, band related, music related, personally? Whatever, man. The floor is yours, and the mic's yours.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, I mean, we just we have an, an enormously strong, stable of people um, supporting us, and you know, putting their weight behind us. Want to like give shout out a number one to uh, Morgan, uh, the the spouse of the our guitarist. Um, but she is so much more than that. She's uh, I consider her to be kind of the fifth member of the band. Um, through this entire arc, she's always believed in us, and you know, provided a lot of great creative input and really like is, is a secret sauce in a way that you can't really ask for or deserve <laughs> in any context. Um, uh, John Markson, obviously um, for making this record a reality, Jason, Jason Livermore over at Blasting Room uh, for mastering it uh, little elephant for putting it out. Uh, this all goes without saying, um, you know, Bridget and Hugo for, being our, our strongest ambassadors in the press. Uh this is a, like a lot of rehash of what I said in the in the liner notes, but it does, it does bear repeating. Um, Vito and Josh, and you know, anybody who has a- allowed us to, you know, give uh given us a platform to to go on stage with our shit. Uh similarly, um, you know, Kyle, souser Hot Sauce, uh Taking Meds, Family Medicine, any other band that has medicine in the name um check out check out those bands and those those things um check out shitty neighbors uh check out the whole little elephant catalog and last last thing here um like look up look up who's doing mutual aid in your area and give them your money and time uh because like that is the the most important and profound way that you can, you know, make an impact on people's real quality of life in this like crazy chaotic time. And if you're in Chicago or Chicago adjacent, uh, check out people's pizza party because they're an amazing organization that is, that is doing just that doing wonderful mutual aid with the focus on the, the houseless community. Um, that, 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 that being said, um, just happy to be here and I really, really appreciate you having me, Rob. This has been a blast.
0: I appreciate you coming on to talk, man. It's, uh, it's really unique stuff. I'm hoping some people come check out some new music. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a pleasure.